Hi, everybody, and thanks for joining our weekly podcast. I'm Robin Lewis, founder and CEO of The Robin Report, which, by the way, is much more than a daily report. It's really a, it's really a knowledge platform uh, from which uh, we do communicate thought leadership on various strategic topics. Uh, yes, through the reports, but also these podcasts, webinars, and um, hopefully live events in the future. And along with our chief strategist, Shelley Cohan, who's also a professor at FIT and Syracuse University, we welcome you to our conversation on the topic of the final frontier, which is the store and its relationship with the consumer. So Shelley, this is a big effing deal, <laughs> as our president would say. Um, Seriously, when you think of retailing in the dark ages, last century before the technology revolution, and there are three parts to this final frontier, okay? The first part has to do with a new value chain driven by technology and consumer demand, the science of retailing. That's the first part. The second part is the art or the human engagement engagement between customer and associates, which by the way, also includes small neighborhood stores um, nearer to consumers. And uh, the third part is what they're calling location-based marketing. And of course, the shopping experience itself. So the science, uh, the dark age value chain, uh, can really be just described as a multitude of guessing decisions, <laughs> kind of in a silo, right, Shelley? Right. Um, yeah, from the source of product creation and production all the way through the many stop-off points through its journey, landing eventually in a distribution center and then finally into a retail store. And of course, the guessing all along the way was a mixture of, well, gut instinct and um, last year's results, right? You're absolutely right, Robin. And I was there living it. Uh, oh. And by the way, guessing was also known as what we would call forecasting, which was a little more professional term for it, but really kind of guessing what product, what type, what style would sell during the season, how many numbers of SKUs would sell, the number in each store, and guessing the price. And now, of course, all that guessing has to be done for the e-commerce business as well. So to be honest here, a lot of the dollars for merchandise budget that was allocated to buyers within a division was really based on which merchant crafted the best storytelling or sales pitch to the divisional. And we used a lot of historical data to try to predict future consumer spending, which now that I say that and having lived the past two years, sounds especially crazy. <laughs> yeah, Shelly, it really does. And at the end of the day, retailers would be hoping the consumer would prove their guessing is correct. Ha, ha, ha. That, of course, is where the word markdown was created. So the guessing and forecasting model of the dark ages uh, was just that. And then came technology. And of course, with it, 
what we can legitimately call the final frontier, namely the store and the site, and how tech has turned the forecasting <laughs> slash guessing <laughs> value chain on its head into a real time demand driven value chain driven by artificial intent, intelligence and machine learning reacting to consumer uh, behavior. That's right. And essentially, Robin, analytics capabilities never before available in the history of retailing. In other words, the technology and the analysis of the data is able to construct almost a near perfect, never ending cycle driven by consumer purchasing, which triggers the beginning of the cycle all over again. So without going deep into the weeds, the customer has a desired product and it is available where they want it, when they want it, and at the price that they demand over and over and over with ease and speed and convenience delivered directly in the method they want it delivered to them. So it's kind of crazy and amazing to think about that I spent six years trying to convince a wide variety of brick and mortar retailers that data and analytics can really help their profitability and operational process. It doesn't surprise <laughs> me that you spent six years trying to convince these people. Um, very, very funny. And on to the second part, okay, of the final frontier is really mind boggling with a combination of both technology and the human engagement of the consumer and associates within the store or online. So uh, kind of a quick broad stroke. Uh, first of all, technology. One definition, uh, geofencing. Right. Uh, you know what that is. It's a, a store can actually link with a consumer who is within a certain radius of the store and they can begin interacting with them right there. I mean, for example, like, you know, sending a note to John Doe Hey, John, we have a new North Face backpack uh, we think you'd love. So wherever you're headed, uh, come on over, you know, and on and on and on. They can do this kind of stuff. It's unbelievable. And when in the store, the interaction between um, uh, the, the consumer's app and the store uh, continues, suggesting uh, new products, uh, the locations in the store, coupon offerings, mm -hmm. discounts, et cetera, and so forth. Yeah, I mean, proximity marketing has really come to life and many retailers are actually using it really successfully. Although I will also add that some consumers are still not there yet and may right. find it a little bit creepy. So knowledge is very powerful. And for retailers, knowing a customer is near a store is one thing, but knowing what color shirt that they bought the last time they were in that particular store and suggesting a new matching pant, well, it's kind of creepy for some consumers. Um, but with that said, Robin, on top of this, while the interaction continues, there's another technology called spatial intelligence. All right. By the way, a partner of ours, uh, Pather, is a major resource for this type of intelligence. But basically, spatial intelligence means uh, tracking consumer behavior in an anonymized way as they browse and shop through the store. And of course, it's a no-brainer. The solution is building personalized databases that are really incredible. All this information suggesting dwell spaces in the store, which informs best placement of product, what's hot, 
what's not hot and on and on and on. We actually had a podcast on this called How to Navigate Down Markets with Spatial Intelligence. Yeah, that was a great um, yeah, podcast. It's very good. Oh, well, and last and, and more important, um, by miles, actually, than technology, Shelley, are the associates, um, or what I like yep. to call brand ambassadors, which is what they must become today for any retailer to survive. Um, so ambassadors are much better term than associates. So this last frontier is a combination of the art and science of retailing and absolutely the quintessential most important link in the entire value chain. And honestly, the it's the brand ambassadors that can really make this personalization, localization right. come to life. All this information on their loyal customers end up on an iPad that the ambassadors can use to greet customers by first name, refer to their last visit, look up what they bought, and really can also lead to a more friendly, personal conversation, like remembering someone's child's name. Um, that was shopping along with her on their last trip and on and on. But, you know, this this leads to the ambassadors really offering to help locate shopping ideas, styling, et cetera. It's very powerful. Yeah. And Shelly, I, I think this last frontier has only been really touched on. And <clears throat> it's really in the early stages for most and none more important than uh, training associates to ambassadors, uh, so to speak, in the front lines, if you will. And there are some retailers who are really stepping up their game on both tech and human engagement. Uh, you know, those mastering both art and science uh, in the final frontier. And of course, there are those who are still stuck <laughs> in the dark ages, viewing associates as, well, just associates. Yeah, well, Robin, I honestly think a larger concern for retailers, especially those that have physical stores, is this shift of worker attitude and work mm. preferences. You know, when you talk about human connection, this is what the industry should really be thinking about. This idea of remote work and quiet right. quitting are both shifts in employees' attitudes around working, not to mention the rise of union activity that we've seen in retail stores. You know, many employees want to work remotely, which quite right. frankly is not really conducive to a retail environment where, by the way, physical stores are 85% of retail sales. So, yep. and I think the rise of quiet quitting is definitely going to impact engagement levels of existing uh, staff. And just to give a quick um, definition of quiet quitting, it's really described by some as putting the least amount of work in to achieve your work objectives without really going above and beyond. Others might describe it as putting healthy, strict boundaries around their jobs to maintain a more healthy life-work balance. For workers in retail stores, this may mean sticking to specific job specifications, which also might include only working scheduled hours. Well, Robin, retail workers who are in the physical stores work directly with customers, and they yep. may find that creating these boundaries can really limit their ability to creatively problem solve customer issues and demonstrate empowerment. And when making decisions, this all is impacted 
if associates are not going above and beyond. I mean, quite yep. frankly, it may impact some associates from getting promoted. The retail sector has recognized and actually rewarded frontline employees who go above and beyond by putting them in management positions. So if you look at like Nordstrom's and Container Store, they have notoriously well-known service culture that drives really strong customer loyalty. And their employees demonstrate this by going above and beyond their job specifications. I mean, Nordstrom has been the poster child forever and really acknowledged by most of their competitors. And there's numerous stories about how their associates, brand ambassadors would make decisions on the spot to do extraordinary things to immediately appease or please their customers. And now they're using technology in addition to this empowerment of their associates, which is really upping their game. You know, Robin uh, you, Best Buy you know. was recently recognized for its work in providing technical help and knowledge, uh, knowledgeable staff to better assist customers in product selection. But they recently laid off some staff, so I'm not sure how they're actually going to execute to this new standard. I think you wrote an article or two or three about this topic. Yeah, I, you know, Shelly, first of all, those points you made were terrific. And uh, it, it, it's a huge kind of conundrum out there. I mean, on the one hand, what we're talking about, the need for ambassadors and uh, the final frontier and what, the, what they have to turn it into. And, 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 but then you've got all these other problems, like you say, uh, people wanting to work uh, from home, <laughs> or, you know, or trying to get their work done quickly and finish with it, over with it. Anyway, it's a very complex situation, but an extremely important one. And um, so also, Shelley, you wrote an article, I think it ran today, did it not? On, yes. Yeah, the topic called The New Rules of Work and How to Manage a Distributed Workforce. Terrific article. Everybody should read that. Um, and and a, a quick last comment on Nordstrom, Shelley. One of the Nordstroms was quoted in a book uh, written by Robert Spector, who wrote uh, The Nordstrom Way. And I'm going to paraphrase. When asked what the criteria were for hiring associates, uh, Nordstrom, it was either, either Peter Blake Nordstrom, said something like, hire the smile, train the skill. That's right. <laughs> in other words, yeah. In other words, what you, in other words, you can train retailing skills. You can't train people to be nice or to have empathy, which is an incredible statement. And uh, I have to per circle back to your comment on Best Buy <clears throat> and a new CEO who apparently does not get the importance of the art half of the final frontier. And I wrote an article on this uh, explaining how pre-pandemic Best Buy was getting squeezed to death between Walmart and Target on one hand and Amazon on the other. So when Hubert Jolie took the helm as CEO in 2012, long story short, uh, Jolie's, Jolie's vision was brilliant common sense, as I call it, focusing on the consumer to the extent that the in-store engagement, i.e. personalization, would entice a consumer 
to buy more and to visit the store more often, kind of like Apple, right? Yeah. No, no brainer here. <laughs> and his, his strategy was to make specialist experts of each of the brand ambassadors, essentially experts for each of the major brands in that store. So they could answer all the questions consumers, customers might have, however complex, or to just be able to discuss and have a conversation uh, in detail about the benefits of the brands. In other words, like Apple's blue shirted geniuses. <laughs> so now his appointed successor immediately turns that brilliant strategy on its head. She says, all of our associates should be generalists, able to talk about all of the brands. And then she laid off many of them since the generalist strategy, they were not needed. And, and by the way, uh, this decision is gonna come back. It is coming back to bite her, so to speak. Um, the final frontier for Best Buy could end up being their final frontier. I and there just one quick other example of this. Radio Shack. Oh, right. Before <laughs> Apple was noted as the incredible, knowledgeable um, service of all their employees. They were experts. And a new CEO comes in and does the same thing that this one did. And all of a sudden, of course, Radio Shack went out of business. Well, I mean, Raman, just to touch upon the Best Buy uh, example, you can't have a company full of generalists because they have too many products. There's too yes. much product knowledge that right. associates can't possibly retain and become experts on everything in a Best Buy store. Think about that. Yeah. But, Incredible. Uh, so when, when I think about, well, who is delivering the final frontier? Uh, well, of course, there's Nordstrom's and Nordstrom's is way at the top. And I'm just it's mind boggling to me that Nordstrom's is so far ahead of everybody else in terms of this. And no other retailers are able to copy the Nordstrom's culture. It's just but, uh, yeah. it hasn't happened. I know, I know. And by the way, Shelly, I've talked to many of their competitor CEOs and every one of them will say the same thing. Nordstrom is number one in terms of service and human engagement. <laughs> I mean, and, and some of the stories about what associates have decisions they've made on their own. I think one was um, somebody, a businessman, big C-level businessman traveled, uh, left his hometown, traveled to a conference. He gets to the hotel and he, he, he forget, he, he finds that he forgot his suit to wear to the conference. <laughs> he calls Nordstrom, who happened to have a store in whatever town that was. And um, uh, the, uh, one of the uh, ambassadors, one of the associates, um, hearing what kind of suit the guy wanted, the size and so forth and so on, actually got a cab and went all the way over to the hotel <laughs> and, and delivered that suit. And there was one story after another like that it's countless. It's countless. Yeah. So, you know, there's just no one that's even close second or third. I think others that are on the list for me in terms of delivering the final frontier, I think Target has great service model. It's not, it's not personalized, it's standardized, yeah. but I think they do a really good job 
meeting the needs of their target market. I think Ulta Beauty does a great job catering oh, yeah. to its yeah. 32 million <clears throat> loyalty members. You have Trader Joe's, Tommy Bahama, some smaller niche brands. And here's another one that's going to surprise you, Robin, Costco. Costco's a fan favorite. They have curated <laughs> products that constantly their customers love them for, and they have 117 million members. I know. No, I, I know <laughs> a Costco well, and, and you're absolutely right. Most people would not expect that, but that's true. Well, then there's, you know, I, I don't know. I've been using Lululemon for years. I mean, their experience, their yoga classes and all this other stuff and how it all links in with the product and of course the service is phenomenal but you know oh Robin, i have to i have to add one more thing in here you'll find this really funny my brother-in-law last holiday you know what he got a gift as it's his favorite gift he his kids gave him a costco membership so he's constantly talking about what he's buying at costco it's really funny unbelievable <laughs> how old is he my brother-in-law? I guess it well, doesn't make any difference. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's my age-ish. I, yeah. Actually, I think he's younger than I am. <laughs> but it I just think, goes to prove that it's yeah. like crazy, right? I know, I know. And a lot of young married couples are just latched on to Costco as well. So, I, you know, Shelly, uh, I, I think Nordstrom should uh, create or establish Nordstrom University where a young person aspiring to have a retail career could get an MBA, <laughs> a master's degree in business ambassadorship. How's that? A little bit. An acronym. <laughs> and one last prediction, and I repeat, what happens in the final frontier in the store online makes it the most important link in the entire value chain where the consumer is engaged just before she decides to buy or not. So those who get it, Shelley, and are executing the art and science will survive. And those who do not, I believe they're going to die. Well said, Robin. For our listeners, you can find more of our podcast on Apple, Spotify, Buzzsprout, and therobinreport.com. And look for us on YouTube where we broadcast our podcast as well. And please follow us on shows to social media, link in with us, follow us on Twitter for the latest thoughts about the industry. And thank you, everybody out in our audience again um, for joining us. And uh, every week I mentioned that if any of you have topics that you've been thinking about that you would like Shelly and I to cover, please email uh, the topic to me, robin at therobinreport.com. And thanks again.